Hello and welcome to Complete with DLC, the only show getting a narrative campaign. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Griffin, and sitting across from me is the boat himself, Brad Knight. Brad, how you doing? I am a boat now, apparently, with no special backstory or any real lore attached to it whatsoever. Uh, no, you're, you're a, um, you're a secret navy vessel that went missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Ah, okay. And now we have a bunch of ghost marines that, for some reason, were taken over by a Nazi spirit. So now they're ghost Nazi marines. I like it. Yeah. Oh, you know what we'll call it? What? Uh, you know what? I had a good one, <laughs> and then I immediately lost it. Ah, uh, you're on the spot, and it just there, there it went. Yeah. Can can the can the next Fast and Furious, because it'll be the ninth one, be about them fighting Nazis and call it Fast Nine? <laughs> Like, uh, like, no, of course. I'd like it. I'd watch it. Yeah. Brad, how have you been? I've been all right. I've been, you know, relaxing. It's been a little warmer than I like, but, you know, I've been, I've been dealing with it. I honestly think the past couple days haven't been that bad. No, they've been, they've been tolerable. Today, it's, like, really humid and muggy out, though. Yeah, it's disgusting, and I'm not a fan. It just feels gross compared to, uh... To the way it's been the rest of the week. Yeah, and the fact that I'm recording this in essentially a giant hot box. Not a fan. Yeah, uh-huh. dude, hot box. Am I right? Uh, yep, exactly. Four, 420, bro. <laughs> when the parents are away, the kids will play. If you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I've just been kind of relaxing, getting ready to do the the Avon thing that I do every year because that happens tomorrow. Oh, you're a door-to-door Avon salesman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How'd you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, just I figured you were like every woman in the seventies. Yep, yep. Nah, I do that. Um, that Avon walk for breast cancer every year. I'm, I, yeah. I do the medical thing with my dad. So, so uh, hopefully it, it'll it'll be fun because last year it was like really busy for some reason. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll be busy this year too. Maybe, maybe. But you know what? It's all for a good cause, Brad. So it's fine. Exactly. If I do one good thing a year, it's like my excuse to be an ass for the rest of the year. At least that's the way I look at it. Well, then you're doing really good for the rest of the year, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty much it. I've been playing a couple games, but not much else. What about you, Jacob? Uh, you know, I've just been, uh, chilling around. I've been, I've been watching some movies lately. Ooh. Uh, I've been getting the most out of that Amazon Prime membership. As you should. Uh, watched Green Room the other night, speaking of Nazis. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, it's a horror movie about this band who's, uh, plays in this club, and then some stuff goes down... These Nazis try to kill him in a green room. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Not like Nazis though, in the in the way that you think of Nazis, like you know, like the throw the hand up in the air, Hal Hitler with the armband, uh, like skinheads. Oh, so like white supremacists would have been the yeah. better word. No, I mean they have swastikas in their offices, so. Oh, All right, so um, there's a, there's a word associated, but for the life of me, I don't know it. Nazi. <laughs> that's, that's the I, word you're looking for. Is it? I feel like it's not. Whatever. <laughs> Probably, uh, if if you're a, if you if you were um, a socially conscious person, you'd say like uh, fascist, but that's not right. Um, well, there was that. I don't know. This is this is off to a freaking great start. Government one hundred and one with complete with DLC. Yeah. What? <laughs> Imagine us teaching a college class on government. Listen, I've had some college professors that you know make me look like a teaching genius. Yeah. Be like, uh, hey, what's up? Here's fascism one hundred and one. Yeah. Everything that your girlfriend says on Twitter is fascism is not fascism. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah, but I've also been playing some games. But uh, what games have you been playing, Brad? Uh, so I tried Hitman, like I said I would. Ooh, I did too. Um, it was it's it's fun. Um, 
I think having played it, the business strategy they took with selling the pieces individually for like five bucks a piece, yeah, is very smart. Yeah, it, it, it's it's smart because so in the in the last couple um, Hitman games, uh, or at least let's go back to Blood Money. It's very similar in a structure to this game of like they send you on your missions. And, uh, and then you do that, whereas, like, the last one they did was very narrative-based, so it made sense to sell that one as a, uh, as a full thing. Um, and I think that the, the thing of, like, hey, every couple months, here's, like, a new area with some new contracts to do is, is very smart. Yeah, and having played it, like, it's not the kind of game that I feel like I would want to sit down and play a lot of, so I'd feel kind of bad yeah. spending $60 on it. But if I spent... You know, 15 bucks, and every four or five months when I'm in the mood, I spend five more and I pick up some more stuff that I want to play. Like, that's a really good deal for that kind of game, I think, anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, I played through the free stuff, and I was like... So, the way they were talking about it, I thought it was going to be, like, the Paris area, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't. It was just the uh, the prologue missions. Yeah. Which were... Fi- they were fun. They were fine. You can take them any way you want. I feel like the first time I played through it, they really guided me, which I didn't enjoy that much um because i kind of like the freeform nature of hitman so i i went i broke down <laughs> i spent 24 dollars <laughs> on the full season uh started playing the paris mission and it's fantastic it's so good and so open and uh the environments are very detailed it's probably one of the better looking games i've seen this generation yeah i was gonna ask because i've never played hitman before does she guide you like that for the game because she's your handler or is that just for the prologue so, most of the time during the mission, she'll make suggestions to you on things. This one, it's way more overt than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, she would, like, just make suggestions over, the over like, the intercom. Now it's, like, if you hear an opportunity brewing, which they do that in the, uh, in the, in the prologue missions where it's, like, oh, listen to these guys. They're talking about a, you know, a problem with the jet or whatever. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the Paris level, I noticed she did it again where it's, like, an opportunity came up for because agent 47 looks like this male model named helmet kruger and uh she's like oh you guys look the same so if you kill helmet kruger take his clothes and put on his makeup people will think you're helmet kruger um and it's in in the but in the prologue missions it's definitely like a go here uh uh, follow this guy around and then go to his office and then kill him when no one's looking yeah very hand-holding very handholdy, and I think that was maybe just for the prologue to kind of get you in the mindset of that, because I think you can play that again and take it from any direction you want. Okay, because I have I haven't played it again, but I was just curious if the whole game was like that. I didn't necessarily hate it, um, but I could see it getting annoying after a while. Yeah, um, it, it definitely. I, I got the feeling like they were just trying to maybe introduce you to the mechanics of the game, and that's why they made you do it that way. But I, I mean, you can you can do it any way you want. You know, you could. Um, there, during the Paris level, there's one woman you have to kill who, because uh, she thinks you're Helmut Kruger, uh, she gives you these cyanide pills, and she's like, hey, if anything goes wrong on your mission, just take one of these. And so you can poison her drink, you can, like, uh, choke her with, like, the fiber wire, you could shoot her in the head with a, with your silenced pistol. Like, you could take it from any direction you really want. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that it's got that flexibility. I like that. Mm. I think my only problem with it... Um, mm-hmm is the barcode on the back of his head. Why? Because it doesn't make any damn sense. How does nobody see that? I mean, I'm sure they see it, but they probably just think it's a cool tattoo. I know a bunch of bald guys who have gotten that tattoo. Right, and they've gotten it because of Hitman, I assume. 
Um, but what's what's annoying is that I didn't know about this. My brother told me about this, so this could be false, and if it is, blame him. Um, there's one part, I guess, where um, some police officers or something will see it, mm. and they'll be talking to each other about it, and what? oh, well, what did he look like? Do you have any distinguishing marks? And the other one will go, yeah, he had a tattoo of a Native American symbol. I was like, oh, right, because, you know, the barcode technology, clearly we stole from the Native Americans. I just I mean, we stole everything from them, so... <laughs> I, you know what, I wouldn't put it past us. We seem like those kind of scumbags. I just, like, I, I don't get how nobody notices. Even in the prologue mission, when you tell the dude to follow you to the jet, he's walking behind you. I'm like, I don't want to do that. He's going to see my barcode. He's going to know that I'm, like, something you buy at Costco. Like, I don't want him With- to know that. My costume had a hat on, so... I just... It doesn't... I, like, I don't get why that's there. See, it's the kind of thing, though, I think of... It's it's a distingu- uh, distinguishing character mark for him, right? And it, it works in the storyline, because that's, like, how they get their designation. Right. Um, I think if they obviously had everyone question you about it, it would make that game a million times harder. Right, and that's kind of... Like, that's why I don't want it to be there. It's kind of immersion-breaking for me a little bit, because I'm supposed to be this like, top-end assassin who can blend in and out like nobody's business, and I'm so ambiguous. I look like nobody. I'm so bland that I can yeah. blend in. But I have a barcode on the back of my f- back of my skull. Like, that that does not blend in with anything. I... I Unless I'm pulling, like, I, a Buzz Lightyear and I'm standing up against a shelf of all the other hitmen. Maybe I just... Maybe it just doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's not a big deal. I can get past that. I think it's kind of goofy after a while, but it, it's just one of those things that kind of bugs me. Brad nitpicky night comes back to <laughs> basically basically but other than that I played um thanks to the steam summer cell which we'll talk about in a little bit um I played a game called one way uh heroics I believe is the name of it which you can pick up right now for like five bucks you get the game and it's DLC um it's a pixel roguelike and it's actually really fun so the idea of it is that you start in a procedurally generated world and there are a couple of different ones that, like, tweak the settings a little bit if you want to play a certain way. Like, this one's harder, this one um, doesn't change as often, this one does whatever. But Or you could just do a completely random one. And so you start in a castle with a king telling you, like, hey, look, you gotta go kill the demon lord and this, that, and the other thing. And there's the darkness that's, like, swallowing the world and you have to outrun the darkness. And that's why it's called one-way heroics. You can only go to the right. Because every mm. turn that passes, the left side of the screen moves a little bit closer of dark like the darkness moves up and if it touches you you die if you if you hit the left side of the screen um and it's interesting um there's a lot of classes this seems to be a, a good amount of replayability too i have maybe three hours in it right now three four hours um, and i'm having fun with it it's good for five bucks um i think it's only like seven or eight like normally but that's without its dlc so if you're looking for a pixely roguelike with a, like a fantasy element to it check it out it's got an interesting combat system and that like you don't really enter any sort of combat state like you would in these normal RPG type things because it's so seamless. The world keeps moving. You fight in the world on a like uh, on a grid. Mm. So you have to aim your attacks either diagonally in the four cardinal directions or whatever to hit the guys. And it's, I mean, it's it's simplistic, but it's fun. It's It's got a decent amount of depth to it. I haven't played all the classes yet. I've only played, I think, four or five of them. So check it out if you got five bucks to spare and you're looking for some, some fun time. Nice. Yeah, but I think that's all I've played, except for Stardew Valley, because I'm addicted. Yeah, I, I think all I really played was Hitman 2. Um, unless 
you know, I played like five hours of Friday the 13th every night. That's your Stardew Valley. It's so it's so good. It's so in the same way that like Hitman's dynamic, that game is super dynamic. Mm-hmm. Of like anything can really happen in a match, uh, depending on whether you have like a good Jason or you have people who are actually working together and talking and being like, "Hey, I have the battery. I have the gas. I have the keys. Let's get out of here." I, I feel like I've escaped more than I've died lately because I'm getting real good at having some pro strats and that. And of course, playing as my girl Jenny. Shout out to Jenny. I love you, baby girl. Um, I do really good on that. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're having fun with it. I was I yeah. was real worried in the time that that game was like coming out in the coming weeks. I was like, eh, what if it's not like if it's not good, then he's gonna be sad, and that show's gonna be like the show's gonna be a downer for a little while while he gets over it. But I'm happy it's it's good. If that would have happened, I would have I would have said, Brad, I'm breaking the moratorium that you have on making live action videos because I want you to just. Like, be like, oh, we need to record the show. Uh, let's see what Jacob's doing. And you just come into the room and you see me just tying a noose. <laughs> and that would have been a really funny video. Yeah, the game Jacob waited for for two years flopped. But it didn't. Built, built, on the ba- built this show on the back of it. Basically. Um, and, and then it just came out and was not good. Poopy garbage. Also, too, that new Jason skin is really cool. The music that plays when you get near people... Uh, on it because it's all like uh, chip tune and I think it's the original Friday the 13th theme from the um, the NES game. That's cool. Just a remix. It's so it's so cool. It like makes whenever Jason comes near me, it's like, oh no, Jason, get away from me. But also that music is banging. So <laughs> <laughs> so like stay here a little bit. Like you know, go after somebody else near me. Right. Just stay on the like as far as you can while I can still hear you, and then we're good. Yeah. Also, too, I, I play as Jason like every other match now, and that's fun. Yeah, that's cool. And there's nothing you can do to influence your chance of getting Jason, right? It's completely random? Yeah, it's completely random, unless you're playing in a private match, and then someone can pick the Jason who they want, oh. like, who they want to be Jason, but we usually just go into quick play, so. Um, but, yeah, so, it, it's, I, well, you can, you can set your spawn preference to be like, I, I'd rather spawn as Jason than a counselor. Okay. And every, but everybody does that as the thing, so. Right, so it really doesn't do anything. So it really doesn't do anything. But for some reason, for me, the second I did that, I got Jason nonstop. So um, I guess I'm just lucky then. Papa bless. Maybe it's my girl Jenny looking down for me from up above. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I've been playing this week. So maybe we should move on into the light news doc we got. Mm-hmm. Brad. Yes. You actually made the news doc for the show because I couldn't find a damn thing. Yeah, it's uh, as it always is in the coming weeks after E3. News is usually light, and what is there is usually an extension of what was shown at E3, and that's kind of what we have here today. Um, hmm, where to start? Where to start? Um, let's start with this one. So, Skull and Bones, the new pirate game from Ubisoft... Um, that was shown at E3, it's a, like, PvP, 5 versus 5, ship combat game where you play as a ship, and you try to sink the other ships. Um, if you recall from our E3, uh, episode on Ubisoft, one of my biggest concerns of that game was that it didn't seem to have a multiplayer, or not a multiplayer, a single player, and if it did, it was probably gonna be in very much the same vein as, you know, For Honor, which only had a campaign by the loosest of definitions. But it seems, at least according to Ubisoft, that um, 
it will have a narrative campaign, at least that's what they confirmed to PC Gamer. They refused to give any specifics, though, saying that Skull and Bones will offer a narrative campaign which will be integrated into the game and will not be something aside of the multiplayer experience. In this campaign, players will encounter iconic characters and memorable rival pirates. More details will be shared at a later date. So, uh, uh, Blackbeard. Yep. Um, maybe they went out and got that Disney license, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Um, um, I don't, I don't, I can't even think of any other famous pirates. I was about to say Billy the Kid. He was a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, not a pirate. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Land Pirate, if you want to think of it that way, but. Why did they never make a cowboy versus pirate game? It's a good question. My six-year-old self wants to know. Were they around the same time? No, they weren't, were they? No, 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 they were not. Also, too, it doesn't make any sense. Like, one are very, like, rural, like, middle land America. <laughs> this is true. The others usually take to the high seas. Um, but I, this, call me an overly skeptical person, but this doesn't do it for me because when they say you'll meet iconic characters and memorable rival pirates, all that says to me is that they're going to do a close-up like they did in the trailer of the captain of that pirate ship, and that's your memorable character, and then you'll go back to doing the ship combat. You know, they kind of hinted at this, and I'm curious how how much they're going to go into this. They said that it, it, it is definitely the ship combat they took from Assassin's Creed 4. Mm-hmm. And they, they said kind of like along the lines of it's set in the same world as Assassin's Creed 4, so do we think like that character shows up? Maybe. I, I don't know. That'd be interesting. It's um, weird that it doesn't have the Assassin's Creed name on it. it. It is a little weird if it's true that it does share a universe and it's in that, like, same yeah. vein. But what, what do you do when you're not a ship is the only question I have. Is that the campaign? You watch cutscenes, Brad. I know. Is that a campaign? Not really. At least not to me. I'm sorry. I mean, think about... I mean, so, or you could say the same thing about something like COD. What do you do in between shooting stuff? You watch cutscenes. Right, but at least with COD, you have a like a narrative story being told. You're a character, and this could totally have that, where like all of the, all of the usual stuff is uh, is set to, you know, cutscene mode. You know, we see these characters, we hear a narrative going like, the biggest uh, the biggest booty is in the middle of the Isle of Tortuga. And, uh, you know, we all go there, and we all get we all fight for the biggest booty, and then we get the biggest booty, and then we fight a Kraken. I, I Maybe I'm just skeptical, because I don't think you can tell a convincing story while you are a ship. But, prove me wrong, Ubisoft. Prove me wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I wish I could think of examples where they have done stupid things like that and told compelling stories. I'm sure it exists, but for the life the of me, I can't. The new need for speed. <laughs> there You're we go. a car... And that tells a compelling story, I'm sure. I don't know, it's not out yet. I wouldn't say co- it tells a story, about as compelling as a Fast and Furious, but, you know, a story. <laughs> you know what, those are pretty... You know, Alright, there we go, Vin Diesel's a giant egg of a man, because his head, look at it. True. Um, and he tells a convincing story. <laughs> In multiple franchises, whether it be Fast and Furious, Triple X, or Riddick. Yo, when are they going to make a new Riddick game? Those games were good. Good question. When are they going to make another Wheelman? Remember Wheelman, Brad? No. Oh, my God. It was... All right, so you played as Vin Diesel playing as a character, but you basically should have just been playing Vin Diesel. And you play as, like, a getaway driver who can do all these, like, stunts and stuff, and, like, 
the best thing that game had was something called airjacking, which is where you get behind a car, hold the A button, and when the arrow above the car turned green, you jumped from your car into their car <laughs> and stole it. That's pretty cool. It's so it was so sweet. I wish it I wish it was on like PC or somewhere easy to play. Come to backwards compatibility, please, Wheelman. Ooh. Midway made it, so it probably never will. Yeah. Because uh, Midway's dead. But um You have to hold yeah. your hope, Jacob. It was developed by the studio that Vin Diesel started himself. He started a studio? Yeah, Tygon Studios. I didn't know he, he started that. He's a huge nerd. That like, that I he, did know. He loves video games and Dungeons and Dragons. He just happens to be a gigantic man who <laughs> likes both of those things. <laughs> and also happens to be like an action movie star, so. Yeah, exactly. Huh, I didn't know we started a studio. You learn something new every day. Hmm. Speaking of learning something new, uh, we learned that uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 actually does exist. Barely. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who keep up with this kind of thing, um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, when it was shown at E3, uh, there were rumors and such circulating that the game really wasn't a thing. That was all they had was that CGI trailer because they spent the last four years working on an engine, or three years. Not even rumors, just straight up people know that. They told them. <laughs> right, and when they reached out for confirmation, they were like, yeah, sorry, we have, like, nothing. Um, so in sort of response to that, they've given us this... Um, in-engine, like, tech demo. It's 15 mm. minutes, and it doesn't show a whole lot. So it shows a ship, uh, like, flying around. Just shows that giant elephant statue again. You see... It shows a monkey with a jetpack scratching his ass. You see the monkey with a jetpack flying around again. Um, But honestly, it doesn't look any different than what they showed at E3 for the trailer, the only difference is now he can sort of fly around the cutscene. Yeah, it was just Michelle Ancel there going like, if you if you look, the monkey, he flies around and and he lands on the statue. Yeah, and he does like a little roll with his ship and I don't know, maybe there'll be ship combat of some sort, I don't know, otherwise why have your ship roll? Now, Brad, I, I made a revelation to you before the show of what this game's actually going to end up being. You did, and it scared me. Now, I'm going to ask you again just in the same way I did. Please do it with the same level of enthusiasm. Okay. Hey, Brad, how did you feel about No Man's Sky? <laughs> so, what Jacob is referencing here is that Beyond Good and Evil 2, in addition to being a prequel, is going to feature how many? Three solar systems? I believe three is what they said, but who knows? Maybe it would be 18 quintillion solar systems. Yeah, um, so... It's gonna feature three solar systems, a couple planets, we don't know how many. It could be seven, it could be three, it could be a hundred, I don't know. And, and they're gonna be a substantial amount of planets in each solar system that you can go to. They're gonna build them like, um, Mass Effect. I, listen, they call it a vast solar system, so take that for what you will. Um... I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I realize I said three different solar systems. I probably should have said three different galaxies. Well, I uh, I think solar systems are probably a better word oh, for I, it. I, I don't know. I always think of solar systems as just completely different uh, like things. I don't know. Well, I'm stupid. Galaxies are probably wrong. The galaxies though, are too. huge. Solar system is like our collective, like Earth, Mars, that Oh, okay, then, yeah, so it's different solar systems. Yeah. That's that's more of what I meant. I don't know why I, I, I pictured all of space as a solar system. <laughs> like an idiot. Um, so, 
I don't know. I need to see more about this to really like be confident, but I'm I'm scared. They're gonna take till like 2025 to make this. Oh yeah. Michelle Ancel is just eating cheese every day apparently. Yeah. So they didn't like they didn't even start making this game until people signed up for that Space Monkey program thing that they talked about. It was like in the interview that they had, they said that yeah we think we're really ready to make this now, and they were like wait what you haven't you haven't started making it yet. <laughs> Um, the, the other weird thing about it, um, is like, you know what I just realized? This tech demo is literally probably just the environment they animated for the trailer. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, Hey, let's move some stuff around in it. They, they went into their blender files and just started moving things around. I mean, I, I, I don't know how in depth this demo is if they made this specifically for E3 and just never showed it or what, but... Like, I, I don't know, you see him exit the atmosphere, you see him fly up, and he's in space, and now he's looking at the planet, and... You, you see him going to space, there's a space station there, he can find a Corvax, he can sell <laughs> some stuff from the planet to him, and then he can just uh, buy some warp cells and do it all over again. Yeah, so my only, my only worry with this, actually my only worry, but one of my worries with this, is that the one of the many reasons that No Man's Sky failed was that... It had no narrative, right? And I think when you have such an expansive world, as expansive as this one claims to want to be, I think that's tough to tell a narrative. Well, I, I'm... Eh, right? Because how I'd, do you I'd tell say a narrative that, without just saying, going, all right, now go to planet A, now you have to fly to planet B, and now fly to planet C. I'd say that, but then look at, like, Mass Effect. Mass Effect has multiple different planets, and they set specific story beats on those planets is the thing. All right. So there could be a totally single, like, a, a narrative story that you just follow from beginning to end, and it will take you around these multiple different solar systems. Um, but then also it's an open world game, so you can just go wherever you want. You can go to, like, Nimbus 13 if you want. That, no, Nimbus, is Nimbus 13 the name of the broom from Harry Potter? I believe so. Nice. Or he might have had a Nimbus 12. Whatever. Why Nimbus are we 2000. talking about this? Nimbus 2000. Thank you. So you can go to Omicron Percy I-8. Of course. And, um, you know, just walk around if you want. Or you can wait until the mission will take you to Omicron Percy I-8. In which case, interesting stuff will happen there. But I'm sure if you want to just go around and, you know, mine the planet for resources, <laughs> that'll be there too. <laughs> and at the center of this game's universe is, uh, is uh, Sean Murray... Hanging out with Michelle Ancelli and a big wheel of cheese. Yep, yep. It's and P uh, and uh, uh, what the hell is his name? It's gonna bother me. He made Fable. Uh, Peter, what's his name? Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux will be there too. He'll come in with a with a glass of wine. Oh, guys, what are we talking about? Our ridiculous game concepts. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I I will. I'll wait. Until my kids play this game in 2046 and let them judge it for me. I'll wait until I'm on my deathbed right. and this game finally gets a demo at E3. Right. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, keep up to date on Beyond Good and Evil 2, guys. Um, should we should we mention the, the thing? Like, the Vivendi what? thing? Oh, how Vivendi's ready to just pounce and take over Ubisoft? Yeah, so I guess we should talk about that quickly, because it kind of ties into this. So Vivendi is, we talked about this back when it first came up, I want to say almost a year ago now. Vivendi is attempting a hostile takeover of Ubisoft, and is poised to succeed by the end of the year. There's not much Ubisoft can do at this point to stop them. So it looks like Vivendi is going to take over Ubisoft, which is very bad for Ubisoft, because Vivendi has a habit of 
destroying the companies it takes over. Um, they didn't destroy Activision. No, but they sold it, and now they're kind of pissed about that, so now that's why they want Ubisoft. Um, yeah. Although, I, um, to, to sort of uh, play devil's advocate here, Ubisoft's uh, stock price went way up after E3, so that might have uh, at least given them a little bit of time. Yeah, it... It could have scared off Vivendi is the thing. The only hope Ubisoft really has at this point is to somehow get Vivendi to back off. And rising stock prices to a point where Vivendi doesn't want to purchase a majority share is a way to do that. And that's part of the reason people are speculating that Beyond, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 was announced so early despite not even being worked on yet. Was to raise public interest and to get people excited for it, to get them interested in Ubisoft and to possibly raise the stock price. Hmm. In addition to that, if Vivendi takes over Ubisoft and they didn't announce Beyond Good and Evil 2, they could have canceled it quietly and nobody would have known. Now that it's out in the public, out in you know, out in the world on the internet, Vivendi can't do anything about it. We know about it, so if they cancel it, we're gonna be aware. It's gonna be a Silent Hills situation. Exactly. So take that for what you will, put on your tinfoil hats, speculate away. Um, now uh, to, to also, once again, play devil's advocate again. I think if Vivendi is taking over Ubisoft at this point, and if they do succeed, I really doubt they care what the public thinks of them for, for canceling Beyond Good and Evil 2. Because as it is, you'd have to be a madman to support this kind of development of a game. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vivendi cancels it anyway, mostly because I think the only thing Vivendi is interested in is making up revenue and yeah. having a game in development for a decade which this game i mean again we keep saying it's going to be in development forever we have no idea we're just assuming um i that's the thing is like this is an actual studio whereas hello games was like 10 dudes in a garage right and so. i mean we know game development cycles yeah. like fairly well and games take a long time to make usually so mm. having just started now well eh, you know it, it makes us wonder but it doesn't support revenue. It's having a game in development for that long, so... Eh. I think if Vivendi does end up taking over, you know what you'll see a lot more of? Hmm. Hey, br hey, Brad, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about Assassin's Creed? <sighs> I'm gonna Would you like one every six months? <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's going to happen, right? So that's, like, not a good thing. Hey, Brad, how do you like Far Cry? <laughs> Would you like one every two months? That's 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 my worry. As much as Ubisoft gets under my skin sometimes, and you know, I, I like them. I don't hate the guys, but they they've got some business practices I wish they would fix, and they're doing good by their consumers these days. They really turned you know, a new leaf, but now they're gonna get like, you know, gutted. You know what? It, you know what Ubisoft would be smart to do? Hmm. Start like have have like Eve Guimont secretly start a new company, sell all their IPs to that company, and say, like, go ahead, take Ubisoft <laughs> if you want. It's got nothing left. Yeah, we're not public. Our new company's not publicly traded, bitch. I uh, so I mean, yeah. I I guys, I would start you know, prepping the goodbye baskets for Eve Guimong, cause when Vivendi takes over, he's gone. They did the same thing to his brother, so I don't see why they wouldn't kick him out too. God, I I love that little French bastard. They better not get rid of him. I think that someone's got like a thorn in their side. I think it. I actually is think I think it's a little personal, cause there's some dude. Who wants He's going after the Guimons. He is, because, well, I mean, I guess because I... It's, I don't know, a French thing. They want more, like, sway. They have more... Like, Vivendi owns, like, a lot of things, and specifically the people who are targeting the Guimons. Because, uh, 
uh, Mikhail, I believe was uh, Eve's brother, also was the CEO of a company that Vivendi bought, and he, they kicked him out. Yeah, he was CEO of Gameloft. Yeah, so they're kind of consolidating and owning a larger market share of the French industry. So. It's, uh, move to America. Become an American-based company. Yeah, Eve, we'll, we'll take you. We'll take you. Eve, if, do you want to come work at Complete with DLC? <laughs> we, we got a seat open for you anytime, buddy. No, see, what he's going to do is he's going to run over to Japan. He's going to hide with his friend uh, Miyamoto. <laughs> They'll have the guns drawn at the door. <laughs> no, what happened was he called up Miyamoto. He's like, hey, can I crash on your couch for a while? I... Yeah. Oh, God. But... I bet you that game comes out and is well-reviewed and does well. I bet you the stock price will go up again. Maybe. Which will help them out with some more. They, they got some games coming on the horizon that, if they're good and do really well, will help them out a lot, yeah. I think. Hopefully. At least in their counterattacks. They, uh, they, gotta get, they gotta get Vivendi to back off somehow, but... Right now, it's a turn-based RPG. <laughs> Everyone's going for those stocks. Basically, yeah. Alright, so, let's do this one next. This one's pretty quick. Titanfall 2. It's been a while since we talked about this. One of our favorite shooters of the last couple of years. My favorite, Brad. Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of it myself. And this update, um, I, I, I just want to point out to you how how substantial that is because that came out the same year as Doom. True, and you know how much we uh, we praise Doom. We gave Doom our collective game of the year, but in my heart, Titanfall will always be game of the year. It's uh, it's a pretty great game, and they're making it even better with this new update. And honestly, I think this is one of the best updates to Titanfall 2 that they've done in a while. So. It's, uh, this new update is, of course, going to add maps and all the new cool things that Titanfall updates always do, but most importantly, Jacob, the point I really want to touch on is that they're adding a third weapon slot, meaning that you no longer have to choose between having a pistol or an anti-Titan weapon. That, that was one of those things, those changes, I, I was me clapping, by the way. Yes. Um, that was one of those changes from the last one that made just zero sense to me, of, like, why get rid of the anti-titan slot that was always in um it was in titanfall one just because it, it was like okay yeah i have this anti-titan weapon I, you kind of need it to play but also i i like a sidearm to use when people are coming after me right and it's the kind of thing was i like i never took anti-titan weapons because I, I thought the pistol was too valuable and i just could avoid yeah. or hijack titans if i needed to and it just didn't i don't know they didn't seem worth it but now that i don't have to choose that's awesome Yes, it's it's so it's so good because now I can have that grenade launcher thing and then my 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 beautiful pistol. Yeah, and the new maps seem to be pretty cool. One of them is called Traffic. It's for the live fire game mode. Uh, it's a weathered test site where pilot positioning is pitted against mobility across two busy thoroughfares. Dense cover makes every corner a threat, with room for snipers to hide in the back fields. So. If you're a live fire kind of guy, that's pretty cool. The other one, I believe, is called War Games, which highlights civilian shops, tall buildings for window-to-window -window fighting, and sh uh, city streets for Titan combat. It sounds a lot like, um, what's the one from Titanfall 1? Angel City. Angel City. It sounds a lot like Angel City. And you know what? Angel City is my favorite map in both 1 and 2, so <laughs> that's fine with me. Oh yeah, they even reference it in the uh, in their little release. So is it a town adjacent to Angel City? No, I guess like they took a bunch of 
like different maps and mush them together because they say city streets for titan combat from the battle of agent city and the large open tank garage facilities for hand-to-hand -hand pilot combat from the battle of airbase sierra the outskirts of the map feature a clean vr style perfect for titan duels while pilots are often found running along the bright interconnected wall running routes so it seems when are we gonna get new donk city am i right see this these are the questions we need answers to did you ever? Did we ever talk about when the director of Titanfall said it was laughable to think that that game could run on a Switch? Uh, no, I don't believe we have. Yeah, he said it was laughable to think that that game could run on a Switch, which breaks my heart because I'd love to take Titanfall everywhere I go. It'd be nice. Um, but it's not gonna happen, guys. No, and also they don't. I, I mean, I don't trust Nintendo's online internet uh, internet infrastructure enough to want to do that multiplayer. I'd play the single player on the go, but. I just, I'd, I'd play everything on the go. That game is just too good. If you're interested in this new Titanfall DLC, which we all should be because they're free, might I remind you, uh, it's coming out on June 27th, four days from now, very soon. It's right around the corner for all you fun-loving Titanfall fans. Might get me back into play it. I, uh, I always go back every couple months whenever they add something new. It's, it's fun to play around in, honestly. It's like every now and again a match or two. It's it's good. It's a, it's a good pick-up-and-play game. Absolutely. It's good for the soul. All right. Let's, let's close it's that like out. like chicken soup. Exactly. Which I'm not a big fan of, if I'm being honest. You don't like chicken soup? I mean, it's okay, but eh, I don't know. Do you like... All right, wait. Do you just not like boring chicken noodle soup, or do you like like chicken and rice soup? Or I mean, Chicken and rice is pretty good. I mean, I just like... If I'm going to have a soup, chicken and... Chicken noodle isn't my first go-to, you know what I mean? It's just... Chicken noodle is my first go-to just because it's the simplest one, and it's the one that uh, that Campbell's does best, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's one of the better canned soups. I'm stalling for time, if you haven't noticed, because I'm waiting for the next story to kind of open itself up. And yeah. for the last story here, we're going to talk about the Steam Summer Sale, because that just launched yesterday. And, uh... Bam, bam, bam. Yep, so... That was a hip-hop air horn for everybody. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of the thing that makes, you know... PC gaming as fun as it is, these sales. That's kind of why we don't go broke playing games on PC. We can instead go broke building our PC, which is a much better way to go broke. Um, so, Jake, have you bought anything in the Steam Summer Sale yet? No, nothing's uh, totally caught my eye. Although, there, there will, things have caught my eye, but I just haven't, um, haven't really bought them yet. There's a good sale going on... It, so if you're a fan of Max Payne and you want to play the whole franchise, you can get all three of them. Plus, I think, like, the season pass for three, which was just multiplayer maps. I wonder if anyone's still playing the multiplayer on that. Uh, but you can get all that for, like, 16 bucks. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good deal, I think. Um, there's a huge Bethesda sale going on of a bunch of different Bethesda games. I'm not 100% sure what's in that, but I think all that's going for 60 But it's, like... 10 or 15 games yeah i know um i think fallout 4 is in there for like 15 dollars individually if those of you wait to jump in on that yeah it's uh i see steam is evil. doom is 15 dollars doom is 15 dollars and i would buy doom over fallout if i were you but that's just me um yeah especially for 15 that's five dollars cheaper than i even bought it for this is true um, Steam is really evil when it comes to these sales, because they do these franchise sales, like with Bethesda. They do it with, like, Final Fantasy every couple mm. every couple sales, and it's awful, because you feel the need to buy the whole thing, 
because it's so cheap, you know? If I'm going to play a Final Fantasy game, oh, I'm just going to spend 20 bucks and get four of them, right? But It's like the joke I always make where it's like, I'd be losing money if I didn't buy that. Exactly. And, like, it's just, you, you, you don't realize it, but you spend $20 on four to six Final Fantasy games, and you just accidentally purchase 400 hours worth of game content that you're never going to play. No. Like, it's just, ugh, it's evil. I like it, but it's evil. Portal 1 and 2 you can get for $3.99. Or no, $2.99. Are they the best puzzle game of the last 5 years, 5, 10 years? Uh, yeah, you can make that argument. Because I think the puzzle genre is, like, unreasonably, like, dull. Like, there's not a lot of great puzzle games out there. Mm. Most of them are very much, um, I think the thing that makes Portal so great is, uh, the fact that it doesn't really feel like a puzzle game is a thing. True. Whereas most puzzle games will be things that are on, like, a 2D plane where it's like, oh, put the pipes together and, uh, you know, watch the thing go through, or, uh, I guess Tetris would technically be a puzzle game. Um, but Tetris is fantastic anyway, anyway we want to shake at it. But, uh, you can get Hotline Miami 1 and 2 for 5 bucks. Mmm, there we go. Uh, I know, a, I saw Transistor for $4, which is a great game. South Park, The Sick of Truth, $7.50. Nice, nice. Um, Shadow of Mordor, by the way, if you want to get hyped for Shadow of War, $4 mm. for Shadow of Mordor. Is that the Game of the Year edition, too? I think so. I didn't check. I would check right now, except Steam won't open for me, so. I know on the on the front page, I just saw the Game of the Year edition of that, and I forget if it's the that's the one that's... Four bucks or whatever you just said. If it is, that's a really now. good deal. Yeah, it is. The game of the year edition is four dollars. People buy that now. Buy that now, seriously. Um, hmm. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2, two dollars. But I'm sure every Steam user owns Left 4 Dead. This is by now. this is true. This is true. Outlast one is two dollars and ninety nine cents. Nice. Witcher three Wild Hunt is twenty three ninety nine, but the game of the year edition is twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> So guys, I don't know if I, you know, I'm going to be speaking out of turn here. Spend the extra dollar. To get like 400 more hours of game time. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a really good deal. If anybody who's waiting to jump on the Witcher 3 train for some reason, and you have some decent amount of time to sink into that, that's 24 hours, that's going to get you like well over 150. Now, this is Trackmania 1. I've only really played Trackmania 2, but Trackmania United Forever Star Edition is uh, $14.99. That's all the different environments from Trackmania 1. Mm. Um, and you know my feelings on Trackmania 2. It's a nice little relaxation game. Uh, hey, Brad, how do you feel about Postal 2? I uh, never played it. Uh, do you like offensive games that are first-person shooters and are kind of like GTA, but you can pee on people? I, I mean, No. Well, Brad, how would uh, do you do you care about losing one dollar? Not really, no. Well, then buy Postal Two, Brad. There we go. There we go. Because it's one dollar. <sighs> Batman: Arkham City Game of the Year Edition, four ninety nine. There we go. Like, see, this is why people love PC gaming so much. It's just like, I think you can tally up every game we just mentioned to you, and you're spending under like a hundred and twenty dollars, and it was like. What, 20 games? Fallout New Vegas, $2.49. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, best Fallout game. Uh, yeah, I think that argument is, is pretty strong. Uh, I'm trying to find another good one. Josh, you stop growling back there. I know you love these deals, but stop it. <laughs> He's excited. He can't help it. Uh, I'm trying to find another good one to give you. Hold on. 
Dead Space 2, 4.99, Brad. Nice, nice. I like the first one, but two's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, sh- I want to find one more really good deal for you, Brad, okay. to send you on your way. Um, Ow. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take me probably a couple seconds, so... I mean, I'd love to help you, but Steam just for some reason doesn't want to open for me. You could have went to the Steam website. I could have, but then I'd have to get my keyboard back out, and all you'd hear is... Which doesn't sound good in the audio. Uh... God, this is... You're on pressure, Jacob. You're on the clock. I'm trying to find one that I think the people would enjoy. Ah. Trying to, um, trying to appease the people? That's a losing battle. Yeah. Uh... Brad, how do you like Just Cause 2? I like Just Cause 2. A lot? I mean, yeah, I own it. I, I have fun with it. Would you like it a whole bunch for $2.99? I think that's a really good deal for Just Cause 2. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. That's, that's not it. We need one better. Uh, what about Civ? Civ's usually on sale, like Civ 5. I know Civ 6 isn't, because I was talking to a friend of the show, uh, Jack, and he was not happy that it was not on sale. Civilization. Uh, you know. Civilization has a, has a what's it called in it, right? A Z? I believe so. It's on Ness. Yeah, it is. Civ 5 is $7.49. Oh, is it the... Base game or complete edition? Base game. I wonder if complete edition has a has a deal on it too. Uh, yeah, d- complete edition twelve dollars and twenty seven cents. People buy that. That is one of the best forex strategy games, like ever. I love also, Civ Five. Also, Civ Six is on sale. It's just not on a steep sale. No, it's like ten percent. Uh, forty actually. No. Oh. It's thirty five ninety nine. Yeah, that's a a good deal here though. Two is if you want to get two games and you and you like strategy games and you like games made by these people, uh, bumping that up just a little bit to forty one eighty three, you can get XCOM two and Civ six Ooh, in one bundle. That's a pretty good deal. That's a real good deal. Yeah. That's what that is. Euro Truck Simulator is on sale for four ninety nine. Right, so I know what Jacob's playing. Two K seventeen's on sale for fourteen ninety nine. I don't know how the two K uh, uh, what's the word? Community is on PC. It could be terrible. Probably is. But, uh, you know, people like 2K. Yeah. All right, Jacob, I think we've thrown enough deals at these fine folks so that they have enough games to placate them for... Well, I mean, we named, like, four or, like... Stardew Valley, eight ninety nine. Oh, buy that game now. Buy it, people. Dishonored 2, 20 bucks. Also, if you want to get hyped for, um... What, what's the, the DLC spinoff thing called... Something. I want to say Dishonored the Lost Legacy, but that's Uncharted. Uh, no, it's something of the something of the Stranger, right? Uh, Path of the Stranger? No, that's not it. Uh, the, the, if you have a VR headset, Super Hot VR, twenty bucks. Ooh, that's one it's of only, the best VR games. It's only five bucks off. But oh, we should also mention that because it's the Steam sale, also the Vive uh, headset and all setup deal, like the controllers and whatnot, all of the all that's on sale. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how Probably steep of a sale, but... I doubt it's that steep. <laughs> no. I mean, I think 10%, maybe 20 if you're super lucky, but... You know what, Brad? I think it's time to to dr- finally drop the $800. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's 20% off, that's not bad, right? That's 160 bucks. Yeah, so uh, you only be paying about uh, 6 something. 640 That's only... That's like how much of uh, Oculus is with tax. Yeah, so... That's a pretty good deal. 
it's a pretty good deal if you got a PC to run it. Right. Pretty, and if pretty good deal. If you're looking for like a discounted uh, headset, this is the best you're gonna get because they've already said they're not discounting the price of the Vive anytime soon because they're happy with the sales numbers. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. It's doing good for them. Yeah, that was a that was a depressing interview to read or a depress uh, depressing statement rather. Yeah, just be like, uh, hey, you guys wanna you guys wanna deal? Too bad. Yeah, it sucks, but. On that note, Jacob, I think that's the end of the news, which means I... Hey, Brad, can I show this one more Ooh, at you? Throw it. This one Final I'm going to get excited about. Dark Souls 3, $23.99. Oh, there we go. The best entry into the Souls series, in my opinion. Near Automata, $41.99. Ooh, that's actually... That's something I'm kind of looking at, because I've heard really, really good things about that game. Still a little high for me. It is For a Honor, $40.19. Uh, don't buy that, because it has lost 95% of its player base on PC. That is not an exaggeration. That is the actual Pro number. Project Cars, ten bucks. I, I think that's fair price. It's a good, a good game. Played it for free. Yeah, um, Jacob, you bamboozled me. You said one more and you threw four at me. For uh, the Tomb Raider reboot, four ninety nine. Rise of the Tomb Raider, twenty three ninety nine. Ooh, I think I own both of I, those. I, you don't own Rise. Rise is the newest one. I don't own. You the might newest actually. One. Wait, no, I don't. Um, I don't know. I want to get it. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I haven't played the one I already own. So let's get. Let me get through that one first. <laughs> That one's good. It's a good game. Yeah, so I've heard. But on that note, Jacob, I'm going to run into the spiel. Okay. So if you want to email us, you can do that complete with DLC at gmail.com. If you want to talk to one of us specifically, you can talk to Jacob at Griff on Twitter, I-T-S-J-A-Y-G-R-I-F-F. -F. He's on all forms of social media, but do Twitter first. You can talk to me on Twitter at Calgany, K-A-L-G-N-E, or the show on Twitter at Complete with DLC. Check out the episode description for written forms of all that contact information, as well as a link to our YouTube channel that we use for, like, archived episodes and tiddly bits, like Let's Plays and that kind of thing. Uh, you can get new episodes of the show as they come out. Any form of RSS feed catcher, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, any of the affiliates thereof, once you're there, leave us a review. If you could be so kind, what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong, how can we improve the show with each generation? We like to think we're getting better, but it's your feedback that lets us know we are. We appreciate it very much. Uh, contact info... Anything else? My stuff, your stuff, your stuff? I, that spiel felt shorter than usual. Uh, it seemed like you got everything. Yeah. You just uh, didn't mess up speaking like you usually do. Maybe that's what it is. Is that what a normal spiel sounds like? I've never done one. <laughs> Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens 1999. Oh, there we go. If you like your, your Lego games and or your Star Wars games. Two two more bits of housekeeping, Brad. Mm hmm. Musical recommendation. Musical recommendation. Um, you got one? Not, not what I'm satisfied with, if I'm honest. Um... No, I don't have one. You're not, you're not just going to throw out the one you're not satisfied with? I don't, like, I, uh, I can't find the sticky note. Where are you? Where are you, sticky note? I've lost it. Brad, do you know who Lord is? I do. She put out a new album. Oh, did she? It's pretty fire. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, but fire in a way that it's like an introspective look at what being 20 means in the modern age. It's... It's really good, actually. Um, I think it's called Melodrama. Yeah, it's the name of a melodrama. It's really, it's really good. Huh. Um, I listened to it. It came out like last weekend, but we didn't do a musical recommendation last week, obviously. So didn't have a chance to uh, talk about it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Well, there we go. We got a newer recommendation. I found a sticky note. I'm gonna quickly Google it to make sure this isn't one I've already done before, because it has musical recommendations on it. Um, have I done Alistair Bribble before? That feels like a name I'd remember. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I've done it before because I've done the Amigo works, right? 
I don't even think you've done that. Really? Did I find the right one? I, I, I may have also... I may also just be forgetting this. I, I, I do forget these musical recommendations a lot. Um... Hmm. Alright, so I'll just... I'll do this. I'll throw all three of them at you. Alright? So... One of them is obviously Alistair Brimble. The second is the Amiga Works. And the third is Emancipator Anthem. The Emancipator Anthem is a, um, like, electro-pop kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Most of this is all background music. The Amiga Works, which I think I've done before, is very much in the same vein. Very old video gamey style. Um, I was going to say, is it a remix of old Amiga songs? I, I think that actually might be what it is. I don't know if it yeah. is exactly. It could be just inspired by them. I don't know. Um, mm. But it's awesome. As for Alistair Brimble, I don't remember what Alistair Brimble is. I'm going to be honest with you. When I made this sticky note, it was a while ago. Alistair Brimble sounds like it. they'd be the character of a like a young adult novel. Like Alistair Brimble and the curious case of the, the wardrobe with the body in it or something. Oh, that's why I wrote it down. Alistair Brimble is the man behind the Amiga works. Oh... Past bread is making future bread's job difficult. It's like memento. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that was clunky and I hated it, but that's my musical recommendations. Final bit of housekeeping is a little bit of an announcement. uh, I would sound the sirens, but we don't have a siren for this occasion. It's it would be a sad siren anyway. Um, That's not even a siren. That's like the when you get an answer wrong on a game show. (laughs) That, um... It kind of sounded like the uh, Price is Right one, but not. I can't think of how exactly it goes right now. I have no idea. Insert audio clip here of it. Oh, I'm not finding Brad that. No, not doing it. Uh, we are going to be going on a little bit of a hiatus for a little while. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Um, now, the important thing to, to note here... This is not like a we got into a fight situation uh, where we just hate each other and we don't want to do a show. I mean, you heard us. We laughed. We joked. Yes. Um, I, it's, I it's actually more can't of, stand the guy. Yeah. I, I was about to swear and make you have to edit it. <laughs> Where podcasting's like um, Adam and Jamie. Exactly. It, you know what? In a way, sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> sometimes we do get into like knockout, drag out arguments. Yep. Um. A little behind the scenes during the E3 uh, thing on the Sony episode, for some reason, we got into like a 45-minute argument about a Nintendo. Oh, yeah. That was all cut. <laughs> it's, it's, always what, uh, it's always what happens to us. Um, but, yeah, so, so we're not fighting or anything. Um, this isn't a permanent thing. We're definitely going to come back um, eventually. Uh, how long that is, you know, we'll see it's 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 uh it's totally me you can blame me unlike most of the time where you have to blame brad it's not my fault this time haha it's not his fault this time i um over the past couple months i've been starting to feel more and more like this of uh kind of feeling and this is going to sound a little douchey like what i do is important or anything but i started to feel a little bit sort of unfulfilled with podcasting it stopped being the fun uh, thing that it used to be. It's got monotonous. There's nothing wrong with that. It's we've settled yeah. into a habit, and you know habits can get boring. And the thing is, is like uh, we've we've wanted to try to do new stuff, and the thing is, the time's never been there, or it's been uh, you know just plans have not come to fruition uh, for whatever it may be. Yeah. So there's uh, this little hiatus is just to kind of let him 
relax, yeah. sit back, reinvigorate his lust for podcasting, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. A little something you can blame Brad for is I said he could keep doing the show on his own or he'd find a new co-host, and uh, he didn't want to. Apparently, I'm just too good to replace. Right, listen, I got, I got to go through screenings and find a new co-host, and I got to find somebody who, like, it's a lot of work, man. If Just bring your brother and nobody would notice the difference. <laughs> Fair point, but he he wouldn't want to do it. Um, if I mm. I don't know if you're a listener to the show and you want to continue it, shoot me an email. We'll talk. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath though, because I mean honestly, it's that would be difficult. Yeah, you know you gotta you gotta find the right timing for everybody. It's just uh, find a find a Frenchman exactly. so that way he can come on and just do the accent naturally. There we go. And see, this time we won't be racially insensitive to the French or culturally insensitive. I don't know how to whatever it is. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, you know, basically we just wanted to let you guys know um, this is sort of the, uh, not the end, but, you know, and until we meet again for the future. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. That's, that's... I, it's, it feels very weird, right? What do you mean? Like, I, I feel like... I'm sadder about this than I should be because it's not like the show's ending forever. Well, I mean, think about it. For the last two years, with relative consistency, we have recorded a show to post on the internet every Friday, and for the last year or so, every Tuesday and Friday, sometimes Wednesdays, that's a... It, they say it takes two weeks to form a habit. We've been doing it for two years. Almost two years. In October. Yeah. So. We're, we're almost masters of our craft. I don't think that's true. Isn't it like 10,000 well, hours? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're nowhere near that. Um, <laughs> Maybe if you include the cut content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I, I kind of just want to, I want to find, for, for, you know, I want to sound like every kid coming out of uh, college. I want to find myself, so. Jacob's going on a spiritual quest. He's yeah. backpacking across the mountains of Japan. He's going to find an old Buddhist monk. He's going to meditate for a while, find out what the true meaning of podcasting, and when he does, we'll return. This also, too, doesn't mean that either of us are going to stop making stuff for the internet, too. I I think I'm going to keep making some stuff, you know, just, just some different stuff for a little while, just to kind of, once again, kind of clear my head a little bit. I will not. Brad won't, because <laughs> Brad's... Brad's lazy. I just, um, there's nothing, I mean, I could do video game stuff for the internet. We'll see. We'll see, guys. Make, I'm not going to make, make any some promises. Let's plays, Brad. Play Pokemon Listen, again. I don't want to make promises on this show because every promise we make on this show has failed. This show yeah. is cursed. That's what we're doing. That's really what it is, is we're, we're trying to fit, we're going to find a priest to lift the damn curse we have on this show so we can talk about future plans and not have them ruined. Imagine we become wildly successful <laughs> the second this show stops. Yeah, there we go. There we go. The show's the show has been what's holding us back. Um, but yeah, so of, like we always say, and we've already said in the spiel. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Brad on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Ishay Griff. He's at Calgany. And follow the show if there's any updates with the hiatus. That'll most likely be where they appear. Yeah. So <laughs> wait for the text one day. Wait for the tweet one day that's just like it's done. <laughs> It's fully done. We're, we're millionaires now. There's no need. But, no. Jacob, I think we've kept these good people's attention for long enough. Yeah. I think it's time for a final sign-off. So long, the end... No, I'm not going to sing My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Do the sign-off. Go. Oh, 
Okay, all right. I want you to do it. You do it better than all me. All right, so that guy over there, that guy's name is Jacob Griffin. This guy right here, this guy's name is Brad Knight. This show has been complete with DLC. And until we meet again, fine listeners, have the best of luck in your gaming adventures. We hope that the Steam sale satisfies you until we return. But fear not, when we do come back, we will be better than ever. It has been a pleasure, dear listeners. I want to point out if anything big happens, like if they announce a Minecraft 2 or a No Man's Sky 2, we'll come back that day. <laughs> okay. Something, if something wild happens, we'll come back. Yes. Immediately. There we go. So, thank you guys for those of you who stuck with us for the entirety of the run. It has been a blast. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you when we return. Mm -hmm.